0: Hey everyone, welcome to the latest installment of the way it is. And I'm your host, as always, Luca, uh, to Luca First at New Xeroos Realty. And we're in the boardroom again. We're fortunate to be face to face today with Brandon Tozo, who is a newly minted Kingston Counselor, uh Redo uh King's Court Rideau Counselor uh, in November's election. Um it, Brandon, I'm just going to give you get a bit of a history. You moved to Kingston 15 years ago to do your PhD in political studies at Queens, or political science, if they still call it that. Queens University. Um, that's my undergrad, so we might have a couple conversations about that. Uh, you had attended Western for your bachelor's and your master's previous to that. Um, you're current president of the Local Public Service Union OPSU 468, mm-hmm. and is a member of the member of the Kings court association, which I didn't know that existed. So anyway, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and
0: so, um, Brandon, you're here, um, uh, Ben and, and Rob, my administrator, who are my curators for guests, uh, for the podcast, mm-hmm. um, because, uh, in the face of, well, and there's a budget today, uh, but in the face of bill 23, mm-hmm. which of course, uh, the provincial government's trying to address the housing. Uh, crisis in in the province, let alone uh, in, uh, nationally. So, with the introduction of Bill twenty three, with Faster uh, Homes Build More Homes Faster Act, mm-hmm. um, then they went around to the different the the twenty nine municipalities, I guess that were selected to have these part of this bill mm-hmm. um, to make this pl- uh, an additional pledge, if you will. Correct. And I'm I'm just gonna, if I can find it in my notes, um, the pledge basically. The City of Kingston is committed to taking actions to help reduce costs and increase the supply of housing using all tools and resources that are available to municipalities. As the city has no tools to require private landowners to build new homes and limited financial resources available to construct new municipally funded affordable housing, this pledge is focused on matters within municipal control, which mainly focus on encouraging new housing construction by reducing municipal barriers and creating incentives. The actual achievement of the municipal housing target cannot be controlled or compelled by the municipality. So in addition to addressing matters within municipal control, the pledge also serves as a call to action for all stakeholders to collaborate innovate and help build new homes in the most cost-effective manner possible now is the time to come forward and help build more homes and so your reaction to that and i'll just give the sound bite uh the pledge was redundant as the city was already on track to build more homes that then requested by the provincial government so let's start there i've done all the talking welcome <laughs> again and um Yeah, I I guess what made you sort of had to have a bit of an adverse reaction to to the pledge, I guess, if you will.
1: Well, first and foremost, I am not against building more homes. Uh, I'm the chair of the Housing and Homelessness Committee, and I recognize that we have an affordability crisis in Kingston. That is, I think, important to note. Um, I think context is important here. And sort of the nature of the relationship between the provincial government and municipalities is Key to highlight, um, since getting elected, the province put in Bill C 23, the More Homes Built Faster Act, uh, and they had a 25 day window within which to confer with all stakeholders. The uh, AMO, the uh, Association for, for Municipalities of Ontario, did not get a chance to speak to the pr- province about a major change to development. Uh, the very first motion that I helped put forward with Councillor Chinani, uh, he f- Put it forward. I seconded it. Was our opposition to Bill C23? Mm-hmm. Kingston also has a homelessness crisis mm-hmm. uh, and a mental health and addiction crisis. We put forward a motion uh, with the mayor uh, t- asking the province for additional resources. Um, our opposition to Bill C23, as well as other municipalities, wasn't heard. Our request for mental health and addiction supports wasn't heard. Then the province comes to us as a municipality and says, well, did you know we have a housing and homelessness crisis? Mm. Yes. (laughs) Did you know we have an affordability crisis? Yes. Would you mind signing a pledge? And the day that that was put forward to council was also the day... uh, pink shirt day the Mm. anti-bullying day and something about that pledge just got under my skin Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i sort of looked at this relationship that we have with the province and i think if we're going to deal with any crisis we have to work collaboratively we have to work with our provincial counterparts and our federal counterparts and say we have a crisis mm-hmm. what can we do together dictates are not collaboration what would have happened if we all would have said no to this pledge what would have happened well
0: bill c23 is still in existence exactly
1: so. they would have made us do it anyways right that is not a collaborative relationship so that got under my skin and sometimes when a bill or a motion is put forward It's not that you don't want to do the request. It's that you sometimes want to take a symbolic stance against what I thought was a bully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was anti-bullying day. Mm -hmm. And I made it very clear that I think I need to send a message that this is not unanimously accepted. That some counselors are opposed to the imposition of this voluntaristic pledge. And I voted no. And I was very clear with my statement as to uh, I support housing, I support affordable housing. It would also be nice if the province put some money Mm -hmm. and some resources or some tools behind the recognition of this crisis for municipalities to help deal with it. Uh, So I took a symbolic stance against this and I voted against this motion. I wanted to stand up to the bully. I thought it was the right thing to do.
0: Well, I, well, I applaud you for, for taking a stand on those principles for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and certainly, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone, uh, n- no matter what political stripe you wear is, is, um, is naive to think that, uh, there isn't a housing crisis and that we need to build more homes regardless. So certainly no one was calling you on, on, <laughs> on, on that, uh, on that for sure. So, I mean, I, I'm going to backtrack a bit. Sure. Um, y- political studies major obviously yeah, yeah. so uh, that was your undergrad your master's and your
1: phd yes, then so yeah. in housing of all things
0: really okay because <laughs> yeah. i was going to ask sort of what the discipline was yeah. i guess or sort yeah. of the specifics of it and and so was the goal to teach and are you teaching or did this sort of you thought hey i'm going to run for counselor in kings court district
1: yeah so i i work for the provincial government oddly enough and i am a union local president uh and i defended a lot of frontline service workers throughout the pandemic and i also teach part time at trent university in political science so i'm a part-time prof and a full-time sort of union person okay uh so i have my sort of hat in two fields uh the sort of incentive for me to get involved in politics um, is, was the experience of seeing frontline service people during the pandemic and seeing how they were treated. Um, and kind of not learning the lessons that we should have about how we treat people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw members of mine sacrifice deeply. I, there were some nurses in my local, and I saw how they were treated by this government and by um, many other governments. And it seemed like when we needed them, we called them heroes. And then when we, they were no longer needed, they needed to go away. Yeah. And uh, that just, that really just frustrated me and angered me. Um, I also felt like governments haven't been listening to people for a long period of time. And not that I think governments are unresponsive necessarily and in, in a time of crisis. But I think if we've learned anything from the past few years, it's we need to value people again. Mm-hmm. We need to value the people who kept this province going. Uh, who kept this country going who are the nine to five and then the five to nine workers we need to keep those people sort of front and center of of our politics um and that's really was the was the reason why i decided to put my name forward it was just a frustration with it seemed like a disconnect between our political leaders and the actual people who got us through this crisis yeah so you
0: know uh, well yeah i mean i've i've aired my my opinions on on uh, the politics and and those that operate in that world, uh, especially, I mean, it was, it's been gross for a number of years, but it got exacerbated during the pandemic. And I find what I find galling, I guess, most of all, and and you see, and and Doug Ford was the epitome of it. He truly was, was uh, Justin Trudeau. Close second, because, uh, and, and I, I'm a liberal normally, uh, yeah. you know, don't carry the card, but I certainly yeah. would vote, normally tend to vote that way. But mm-hmm. um, just this blatant, patronizing lip service to the sound bites yeah. and to the, it's, so it's, 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 it's reactionary. It's not thought out. It's just placation it's, and it's treating the citizens and the citizenry basically as, as sheep that just, you know, huddle along and follow along without any thought <laughs> to anything and, and, you know, trust in us and all will be fine or whatever. So I certainly appreciate your sentiment there. Now, you know, I've had mayor Patterson on several mm-hmm. times, uh, uh, I certainly like the cut of his jib, I guess, if that's a way to put it. Uh, I think he's well grounded enough, you know, I mean, I, I certainly not a volatile character and he's certainly not one that he's not a lightning rod in the ground. That's going to sort of create, you know, uh, animosity. One side or the other He's pretty even keel, mm-hmm. uh, which is never a bad thing, I suppose, in politics. But so he just recently had his regional mayoral meeting there, the inaugural one Um they talked about obviously all of these issues, housing and everything like that. Any comments on that or how you feel how you feel about that or if there do you in your opinion do you feel it was successful do you do you feel that you can comment on that
1: yeah uh, I'll comment more broadly on leadership of mayor patterson i have i'm new to council, so i' have i'm still like green uh and i'm I'm learning the ropes um and I am. Uh, Mayor Patterson and I, I really appreciate his leadership. I think that he is a great head of council. He's fair in his rulings. Um, and the nice thing about council is our, pol- the politics that we have are not that different. We are all living in Kingston. We all have the s- same problems. We often have different solutions to get there, but it's often not extreme. It's a matter of degrees. So even on areas where I would call it like, of it's a very collegial disagreement. Mm. on areas where we don't agree. And that's been my experience so far on council. This isn't to say Mayor Patterson, I don't agree on most things we do. Um, But we're able to sort of create such a collegial environment where I kind of really see the other sides of things. Um, It's not with the same partisanship that exists at other levels of government where it's tribal. Mm -hmm. Um, the federal government, provincial government is you're doing something we hate it because we're of a different tribe than you. City council much works in a way where there's nothing forcing you to vote a certain way other than your conscience and your constituents. Um, And where if someone disagrees with you, it's often because their conscience is a certain way or their constituents are a certain way. And you can understand that. Mm -hmm. Like you can Mm -hmm. say, well, I I get why you don't want to hire eight firefighters. You want to hire 12 firefighters. It's not that you don't want to recognize there's a problem, it's just how <laughs> fastly do you want to deal with it and right. where are the tax implications for it. And I find a lot of the debates in council are, because we don't, we're not tied to that, we have much more constructive arguments because we're, it's not partisan, it's on ideas, it's on information and evidence. And there are many ways, lenses to view that. And I really appreciate Mayor Patterson's leadership and his experience, like, you know, every he is able to guide counsel, I think, in a very reasonable way, even when you don't agree with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he it never gets heated. And it's always like, you know, I always say when I disagree with somebody, um, I'm on the opposite side of my friend and colleague, Counselor, you know, Counselor Bohm or Counselor Amos. Mm-hmm. You're still my friend and you're still my colleague. I just don't agree with you. And that's a nice part of the, I'd say, the culture that the mayor has created on council. That's counsel. great. That's yeah.
0: good. So if you were in charge I'll put the hat on you now <laughs> but what I mean obviously you know given bill 23 we yep. just we've just talked about it and you've just described sort of the the, the 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 pros and cons I suppose of it where do you think kingston i guess sits right now Do you think do you think we're achieving do you think we can do better in terms of what what kingston's trying to do vis-a-vis housing like, mm-hmm. what's your what's your opinion on that
1: I think well, Kingston. We already have about eight thousand to ten thousand units in queue to get built. Yeah. So we're gonna blow that. And and this is again one of my frustrations is we are already there. Like what the province is demanding, and this is you know talk about acuity. Um, they want us to build eight thousand homes. We've got ten thousand in queue.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: we're gonna do it. Yeah. Um, it's basically like the province going to you and saying, "Hey, I want you to breathe. <laughs> Please breathe. <laughs> Pledge to breathe." Well, you're gonna do it anyways, right? There's also forces beyond our control that we can't like we can't force developers to develop. We can't force you to build if you can't don't want to build. If the uh, interest rates are too high or there's a labor shortage, we can't control for that. Right. Um, there are certain things. If I could change the legal framework, uh, I would put money into affordable housing and incentivize it. Yeah. Um. You know. The more financial resources we have to build affordable housing the better it is for everybody um the second thing i would do is there's a real problem in kingston that a lot of our private land is privately held and it's just held for speculation let's tax it yeah vacantly privately held lands if you're just sitting on it hoping that the price increases it's not being utilized right you tax it so it incentivizes a developer to build or a landowner to build or sell it Right, because we are really in a shortage of good land in Kingston to build development. Um, that alone, I think, would free up a lot of land for development and to build housing. So you know, put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. The true testament of a government, at to your point earlier, is not lip service. It's where you put your money.
0: Right, exactly, and 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 you're absolutely right because it it, it certainly doesn't speak to and and the term affordable housing. Is interpreted a few different ways, <laughs> yes, right? So, yes. uh, because what's affordable for you may not be affordable for me. And, 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 and certainly for the majority, uh, you know, uh, housing is, is just out of sight in terms of not only acquiring it to, to live in, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, but it's just finding reasonable accommodation to, to, to move into. Right. Uh, and, and so, and I, and you're absolutely right. Cause I don't think there is enough. And, and, and it's not just uh, the PCs in Ontario and the Liberals federally. I mean, this this dates back to governments over the last 20, 30 40 years, years, 40, 50 years that have yeah. been asleep at the switch and not done and not had enough forethought, not that you need them to be crystal ball readers, but at the end of the day, that's why you're in the positions you're in and you have experts around you and you surround yourself with all these experts. As someone at some point in time had to think that we should maybe start thinking about a a, a population increase and immigration increase and everything like that because that's the other part of this no one's even well now it's it's been it's been around for a couple of years and I've even talked to with clients about it Um, but now it's finally starting to get some news news attention is this immigration problem that's happening now too right where what are we gonna do with all the people that want to come to our shores or come to our country for a better life that are qualified that can right any, feel free to comment or have, you yeah, have any thoughts. Yeah.
1: So, I like immigrants are a great contribution to our country. I'm uh, the son of an Italian immigrant, and uh, I I think that we need to create a welcoming environment for immigrants. However, we can't have 500,000 immigrants a year without having housing for them. Um, and again, I I think the real failure here is the inability of governments to work together. Uh, you are right, this is a problem 40 years in the making. A- CMHC, the Federal Housing Corporation, used to touch every single home in Canada. They used to ensure in the 1980s, before they got out of that, yeah. we had one of the best housing stocks and most affordable housing stocks in the developed world. Mm-hmm. They downloaded it to the provinces, they got out of the business, and the provinces then download social housing to the municipalities, with which have the least amount of resources. Mm-hmm that's effectively saying we, we're not interested. So this is a problem 40 years in the making. Right. And you know to your to your point, we have an economic need for immigration. I really wish as we have more immigrants, the federal and provincial government would recognize one way we can really help with our economic growth, with our development, with our labor shortage is by in reinvesting in housing. Mm -hmm. like it's all well and good for the province to say well municipalities do we want you to do what you can do to fix the housing issue well you're kind of putting it at the lowest level of government with the least amount of resources this is a national housing crisis it needs a national solution right no I, i don't disagree with you and and it's you know um it's interesting
0: because no matter who you are if you don't have a base foundation and some stability vis-a-vis an address. It's hard for you to step off and and start, where do you go to apply? Where do you go to apply for anything, for for assistance, for a job, for a thing, like where are you residing? You can't put Bell Park. Fairways, and I don't mean to say that as facetiously as it sounded, but you know what I'm saying? Everyone needs an address or needs needs to be secure in where they live so that then they can feel the confidence and the ability to go out and do what they have to try to do to make their way through this world. it,
1: It touches everyone along the income ladder. And we can talk about housing and homelessness and a housing first strategy of getting people into housing, but we're dealing with people with good paying jobs who can't afford their first time house. We're getting people who are living with their parents going into their thirties who can't afford an apartment. Mm -hmm. Like... If, you're, if a one-bedroom apartment on average is going for 1600 or $1,700 a month, how do you build up any sort of savings to buy your first-time house if it's all going to rent? Right. It is not just an injustice for those at the lower end of the income spectrum. It's an intergenerational injustice that we are committing by getting people out of the housing market, now the rental market. Uh, it is profoundly incorrect. And to place that blame on municipalities, look, if this was only a problem in Kingston, we'd wear it. Yeah. If, if, if Kingston had an outlandish housing market that was unaffordable and Toronto was fine, Ottawa was fine, Belleville was fine, you know, Gananoque was fine, yeah. it's a national crisis. Yeah. Don't yeah. blame Brandon Tozo from King's Court Rideau. <laughs> like, i I might not be the person who's wrong here right it's everywhere and if it is everywhere the solution has to come from our national leaders that's why we have them um it's a national crisis, and it's in it profound injustice to everyone. And 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 Kingston's done its
0: part. I mean, I I know we deal with uh, with well a lot of clients, both investors and homeowners alike, and mm-hmm. and the change in the zoning bylaws now that exist that allow you to have a secondary suite and then yeah. a garden home, so three units on a property. Uh, we have clients that are, are availing themselves of of you know uh, the ability to try to do that if 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 financially they can you know, <laughs> make those units, right? Because those units have to be brought into existence. So that costs capital and money and everything else. Um, I, I guess, you know, and and there's so many dominoes, not even dominoes, because they're not even in a row, but there's just so many variables that are sort of spinning around that are interconnected because, you know, you speak to, you know, with rents being what they are and, 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 uh, people now, you know, not being able to set aside any money aside for, especially now with so so now you've got the food, the food prices which are still way out of control and going up regardless of what the inflation numbers are doing, um, and and you've got the Bank of Canada that. <laughs> Again, that's not been a been another bone of contention that I've, I've railed on at this in this podcast is because there's another group of people that were asleep at the switch. Yes, truly. Yes. Because there's no reason that the, during the pandemic and, and I'm, this is not hindsight, don't trust me. This isn't hindsight, mm-hmm. but you play by the rules that are given you. Right. So, but of course, why wouldn't someone take a 1.85% or 1.35% when it was offered yeah. to you? But the point being had rates stayed at where they were, and just stayed steady throughout the pandemic, I dare say that there'd be a lot of, all of the unintended consequences that are happening now, i.e. lowest vacancy rates, highest rental rates, those wouldn't have occurred. At least maybe not to the extent or to the degree that they're occurring now. That's that's my sort of armchair look at it anyway, because you created, the Bank of Canada was, or the banks are the ones that created the situation, or the, the 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 that universe that allowed for everybody to get into the position that they're in now, right? And 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 the increase in rates hasn't helped anybody. It's just I've said this time after time ad nauseum. All it's done is separate the haves and the have-nots even wider. So this part here just keeps getting more and more eroded.
1: They made the housing market a casino. Hey,
0: excellent point. Good.
1: And whenever it's a casino, those with the most amount, you know. Yeah. Win and those with the least amount lose. Like, I I take a look at this in a very simple way. And and when we you know I bought my house in 2015 for 250 thousand dollars. It's a great house. and I love it. I'm mm-hmm. raising my family there uh, in Kings Court, which is a great neighborhood. Kings Court, yeah. Rito. I think it's one of the best neighborhoods in in, in Kingston. Um, I love it. It's close to the Memorial Center. It's close to schools. If I wanted to buy that same house today, I'm a prof. I am a city counselor. My wife's a teacher. I don't know if we could afford it. Right. Like we're talking eight years difference. Yeah. Like that is not fair. And that is not right. And that is because I I agree with you. I think the bank of Canada lowered interest rates and it just creates such perverse incentives where people dump so much money in the housing market. Um, And I want you to think what kind of pain are we going to have to experience all across the board to correct this error? Mm -hmm. I think it's going to get pretty ugly.
0: You know, I, I've been thinking about that. And I have clients all the time that say, you know, have we hit the bottom yet? Is it it, houses are, are bottoming out and I, and, and I have to tell everybody like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. no, actually check the context. Okay houses have dropped and that's again why i hate the sound bites because oh, well, houses have dropped by 40 percent. okay well actually during the pandemic they went up 40 percent. so we're back to even now we're back to pre-pandemic levels which was still a very healthy housing market and very healthy appreciable values for for housing mm-hmm. um and so k- kingston hasn't bottomed out and there's not going to be uh bursting bubble i mean we're seeing now daily an uptick in the sales that are happening in houses selling again for over the asking price for with multiple offers so the good thing is that's happened i guess the byproduct of the bank of canada freezing or at least coming out and saying there's not going to be any more increases it's given those buyers those that are qualified can get a mortgage commitment to now go into the marketplace with confidence. And and that's what they're doing now. So there's still still way more demand than there is supply, both on the residential resale side and on the... Now, the new home construction side has seen a bit of a slowdown, I guess, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just, I think, speaks to affordability again because every rate increase took those that were qualified at a certain level now aren't qualified anymore for that level so they have to look elsewhere for other options and not the new home construction part of it so and not that we're the pundits uh, that that are going to solve everything uh, if only political science people all got together they could solve all the world's problems <laughs>
1: or make more make things worse make things like worse. yeah yeah, um, yeah.
0: where uh, I mean and, and you're right so Kingston does. Uh, any hopes for the budget? Are you going to listen to the budget? Do you have any today?
1: Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts the on the budget? I, I mean, f- for housing, my I think my main priority, what I'm going to be looking for, is anything related to mental health and addiction issues because I housing is so. You're right. There's so many. Parts of this, there's interest rates, there's the federal government, there's the amount of investment they have, there's CMHC, there's requirements to loans, there's investment, there's labor markets for building, there's a lot of components there where the provinces one one thing. Well, I will look for are there going to be additional resources for those most in need in our society? Um, you know, this is where my my sort of center lefty sort of sure. part comes out. Yep. There's housing issues and that's complicated. There are people who. Are suffering from addiction there are people with mental health issues uh, drive past you know the integrated care hub and take a look at the unhoused community in kingston who desperately need resources mm-hmm. these are people living on the margins uh i think the testament of a society is how you treat the least well off mm-hmm. we need the province to be able to put some resources there There are people who are in such desperate need from this pandemic uh, who have really borne the brunt of it. I am really looking forward to to additional resources and investments from the province in that area. Yeah,
0: no, I I agree with you. And actually, Mayor Patterson, uh, he was on Ontario Morning this morning talking about the... His con his mayoral conference and and the budget and and because kingston declared uh, a state of emergency for mental health in january right yeah. uh, and so um and we're not alone like you said i mean it, it's everywhere you see it everywhere uh, you know you just have to go to any urban center and walk through their downtown core or walk around and and and, and you can't escape those that are you know Right. homeless or, or or at least uh, on the margins like you say and through no fault of their own a lot of it right because mm-hmm. it stems from uh whatever circumstances mental illness well you you name it right i mean so yeah no let's let's hope that uh, they do put their money where their mouth is this time around um i'll leave you with the last thought i mean i appreciate your time and 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 sharing your uh, your opinions um What, what's, uh, leave us on a positive, optimistic note. You're obviously you live in your, in your ward and you're a fan of it. What, uh, what, what's something exciting coming up in your, in your ward that you can talk about?
1: Well, I i i think that there's a lot of really great things coming up uh in in king's court rito uh we have two one, wonderful new schools Mo- uh, molly Brand and kingston secondary school that have been reopened uh one thing i always look forward to which is just outside of my district and i don't uh i don't like highlighting the, the things outside the district uh is there is the memorial center into mm-hmm. so the market will be open again that's been yeah. south of the district and another thing another thing i really love is the rito heights community center yes. um in june we will be hosting uh a national health and fitness day. Um, and that will take part in with many partner groups in, in the community and that will be hosted there, uh, June 2nd. So that is something I'm really looking forward awesome. to. Yeah. Uh, I have a great district, a dynamic district. Um, I deeply love it. I spent most of the past five months between, you know, June and october canvassing and i got to meet thousands of my constituents uh and every day i work very very hard to make them proud and they put a lot of trust in me and i keep that in mind every time i'm on city council i'm working for them every day
0: awesome well i appreciate that and i appreciate what you do and then thank you so much for taking the time for being here thank you for having me this was (laughs) a pleasure okay